Welcome to the Office Flip Flops Podcast. My name is Francesca Zampaglione, and I am an entrepreneur, confidence builder, resilience connoisseur, and a lover of all things coffee. Each week, we'll bring you inspirational people and messages that will guide you to unleashing the best version of yourself. Let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Office Flip Flops podcast. I am Francesca, I am your host, and I am thrilled that you're here. I so appreciate you, and you are going to be so grateful that you're listening in today. I have an incredible guest, but before I introduce her, I'd like to make a confession. I'm raising my right hand, and I'm laughing at myself because I seriously am raising my right hand. If I were to take a selfie, you would see that I'm swearing to you, that I'm an imposter. Yes, this podcast episode today is about imposter syndrome with the foremost expert on the topic. Dr. Valerie Young is the world leading expert in imposter syndrome. She's written books about it. She's done TED Talks on it. And I recently graduated, air quotes, from a training session where I became a coach practitioner, and I learned so much from her and from the learning experience. I am here today to share that with you. It was such a beautiful experience that I could hardly wait to introduce you to her. So without further ado, the brilliant and talented Dr. Valerie Young. I am truly the luckiest person on this planet. When I get to interview people like Dr. Valerie Young, please introduce yourself to the audience. I was fortunate enough, everyone, to sit through a training that um, Valerie conducted to learn about imposter syndrome. We're really going to dig into this a little bit today, but let me allow my beautiful guest to introduce herself first and foremost. Oh, thank you so much. I, and I'm really excited to be here today. So I'm Valerie Young, and I'm often, most often known for my work on something called uh, imposter syndrome. And I've been at this for kind of, I would say on and off for approximately four decades, a short stint in corporate America for seven years and another 25 year stint starting an online business for people who wanted to make a living without a job. Um, but overwhelmingly, I'm really known for imposter syndrome work. It's incredible work. And my friends, um, Valerie has a book called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women. I'm going to show it here. It's going to appear backwards, but it was published, Valerie, in 2011, correct? Yes. Yes. So 11 years later, it is so relevant. And as I was sharing with you in the green room, I have so many pages folded. Mm -hmm. I could have dipped the entire book, my friends, in yellow highlighter because the research and understanding is so relevant. And that's why I have Valerie here today. It's so important, too, with the work that we're doing remotely and in a hybrid environment. And one thing that I um, suggested that we talk about, Valerie, is why is it so important for us to really engage with our employees and the people who we're working with as it comes to imposter syndrome? Why is it important for us to just give them feedback? Yeah, it, it's really important because... We need to understand that imposter syndrome isn't just an interesting self-help topic. And, and let's just be clear. What I mean by imposter syndrome, it's not a psychologically diagnosable condition of any sort. It's mm. the, the accurate title, Francesca, is imposter phenomenon. But as okay. early as 1983, it kind of morphed into syndrome in the popular culture. But basically, it means this very um, 
prevalent feeling internationally, cross-culturally amongst men and women that we're kind of in over our head. We're not as intelligent, capable, competent as everybody thinks we are. We externalize our accomplishments. We go, well, yeah, I did that, but I was lucky or I was in the right place at the right time or had a connection or the sense that they just like me. And so we're left with this fear that we're going to be found out. And I mention that because if you are in working in an organization and, and you're experiencing essentially what is this anxiety of, of waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting to be found out, it's going to have an impact on your performance and on your behaviors, right? Feelings translate into behaviors. So it could be anything from the employee who I call it flying under the radar who doesn't speak up in a meeting, doesn't share ideas, doesn't go for more challenging opportunities or assignments that they're perfectly capable of doing, to, and, but they, they don't, they hold back to protect themselves. On the other end of that continuum would be somebody who overworks, overprepares, and I mean on everything, right? Your, your boss says, could you put together the agenda for the meeting on Friday and they create a five-page report, right? Mm. So um all of those things and, and there's other behaviors as well which you can talk about if you like but those have costs for the organization so to your point if you lead manage mentor train i would even say parent other people you do need to understand imposter syndrome so that you can um, help yourself or employees right right thank you so much for explaining that and one of the statistics that we briefly mentioned, again, before we started recording, about 70% have this experience. Is that about right? You know, that is the stat that is commonly used. And it really comes from Gail Matthews' work in like 1979, 1980, and it's kind of persisted. But it, it, it varies. You know, there might be a study that finds with medical students, it's, you know, 58%. Amongst creatives, there's a study where it's more like 85%. Uh, which makes sense because for lots of reasons, you're more vulnerable if you work in a creative field like writing or acting or you know, design and things like that. Right. So I think we can safely say a majority of people have had these feelings with varying levels of intensity at one time or another. Right. And it's not just females. Like, again, your book addresses successful women, but it's males and females, right? Yeah, there's definitely the myth of the ever confident male. But let me just kind of flag something. Could you say Please. my book addresses successful females? I hate the title. I did not want mm. the title. The oh. thoughts of successful oh. women. Well, because it it when you see that, you think, oh, I wonder what those successful women think. You think it's the CEO or the head of a country or you know somebody in a very senior or accomplished position. When it could right. be a first year student in engineering or an artist or somebody who just started a, a small business. And so I think that that is kind of misleading. I think imposter syndrome also keeps us from achieving more. Hmm. So as you're saying that, I just had a thought of something that I experienced in going through the training with you and, you know, rethinking imposter syndrome as a coach practitioner. I recently, you know, wrapped up that training mm -hmm. and I experienced imposter syndrome. You know, I'm a first generation. And when you mentioned that, I literally, my mouth dropped and my pen fell because there's something about being a part of, you know, feeling like everybody else. And I didn't have that feeling, right? And I had no idea until sitting through that training with you and understanding that I too went through that same feeling, if you will, as an imposter. Yeah. And when you are, you know, the first generation in your family to either go to college or have a white collar 
professional position. Um, and then you find yourself, especially for, for folks who wind up at an Ivy League kind of school where you're really mm. in a different social class element and you can really feel out of your element and that you, you know, you kind of stand out. Um, it, it can absolutely contribute to imposter feelings. I mean, Sonia Sotomayor, she graduated top of her class uh, in uh, a low-income community in the Bronx and got a scholarship to go to Princeton. When she got there, she said she felt like she was visiting an alien land. Yeah. She said she kept waiting for someone to tap her on the shoulder and say, you, you don't belong here. I love that example. You shared that with us before. So one of your sayings, one of your quotes that I love so much is everyone loses when bright people play small. Tell us a little bit more about that because this happens all the time. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when when we hold back, so we don't go to a gallery and try to get our art into a gallery. We don't scale our business. We don't go for that more senior position in our organization. There's costs and consequences, again, not just for us, but for other people as well. You know, there's that people often say, you know, there's that feeling we have when we decide we're going to play big, whatever that means to us, which is kind of, who do you think you are, right? Who do you think you are? I invite you to think, who do you think you are to not go after it? Mm. There's a certain, when you think about it, there's a certain arrogance to imposter syndrome, Francis, because what we're really saying is other people are so stupid, they don't realize we're, <laughs> we're, we're an imposter. So if right. you, let's say at the end of this podcast, you said, oh, that was great. You did a good job. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. Seriously? I mean, have you ever done a podcast before? And, and like, how arrogant and how absurd would that sound? Yeah, right. So, gosh, there's so much here. So it's a feeling. Another thing that I learned is it doesn't have to take over your life. And there are things that we can do, like reframing and just resetting our mindset, right? So how do we continue to unlock our potential and realize these barriers where we're holding ourselves back? Because that's essentially what we're doing, right? We're getting in our own way. What are things that we can consider and think about to, to, to move on and say, okay, I'm a solopreneur. I really want to scale my business. What do mm -hmm. I need to start thinking about? Okay, that's a great question because I used to work with solopreneurs or people who wanted to be, you know, aspiring self-bossers, as I would refer to them. Um, it's funny because I don't use the language of mindset all that much, and I, I know that that's incredibly popular. But but yeah, actually, what that is what I'm talking about because at the core of imposter syndrome is this unrealistic, unsustainable notions about what it means to be competent. We have set the internal bars so high that we can't sustain it. We can't consistently hit it. And that's what's so tricky is we can do something perfectly sometimes. So we think we should do it perfectly all the time. Or there's times we don't need help. So we think we should never need help. So as you know, from the training, I've, I've come up with these kind of five ways that people who feel like imposters uh, measure their competence unfairly. So the perfectionist, obviously, who expects everything to be flawless every time. When right. it's not, they feel shame. Like 99 out of 100 would evoke shame because they want to nail it every time. The expert who thinks they need to know 150%. So I'm never, oh, I'm not ready for that new position or I don't know enough to scale my business. So they hold back. The soloist who thinks it only counts if you do it all by yourself. If you went and got mm. a mastermind group or you went and had a, a business coach, you would think, well, obviously I'm not confident because I should be able to do it myself. The natural genius who thinks, 
the fact, you know, like, especially when you work for yourself, you're going to run into something that is difficult or you don't understand because how would you know how to do everything, right? And then right. you start, you know, judging yourself and, and thinking that if, if there's, if I was really competent, this wouldn't be this hard, right? So the fact that you might have to struggle to understand something or master something in your mind proves you're an imposter. And the last one is the superhuman who thinks I should be able to excel not just in my business, but in my personal life or as a parent or a partner and you know, volunteer in the community and so on and so forth. So I would say specifically for solo practitioners, it's, um, you know, the mantra I hear all the time from these multimillionaire online business owners who I know who mostly are men is half ass is better than no ass. Mm. And they don't mean do a bad job, but they mean like get version one out the door and you can course correct as you go along but often people don't start or scale because you know they feel like there's always one more book to read one more class to take you know one more thing to figure out or it's not quite perfect yet so they right. so they never get around to launching or scaling right i love that example it, re it reminds me of another um, thing that you shared in the training um with women who would look at an application for a job and it had 10 requirements right and then if they were missing a few other requirements they would feel that they're not worthy whereas a male would look at it and say oh i have five T tell us a little bit more about that example because yeah, I it, it was to share that it was a study done at hewlett packard and it, you're exactly right there was 10 criteria for a job they looked at people applying for internal positions 10 mm -hmm. criteria um, men would apply if they had on average six because they figure mm -hmm. they'll they'll figure out the rest when they get there right they have the capacity to do it women would apply if they had on average all 10 um i don't know if your listeners know somebody named jeff walker he's very very well known in the online business space for his product launch formula um, i was invited up on stage at one of jeff's big events he was incredibly helpful to me years ago when i had an online business and I told this story to the audience, which was um, years ago, I was um, doing some PR, right? So, so I pitched a story to uh, with Parade Magazine, which used to be an insert into newspapers. Mm -hmm. Remember those newspapers? Yes, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they said, oh, we're not doing a story on that, but we have a sidebar on um, two income families scaling back to become a one income family so that somebody can take care of the children or whatever that thing. And we, we need some tips. Could you do that? And as I said to his audience, I knew nothing about it. So I just said, yes, hmm. because I figured how hard could it be? I would come up with these common sense recommendations. I called a financial planner. I got his input. I, I included a quote from him in, in the tips. And I got to be in this national publication. So sometimes, wow. we, even though we're scared, I think we have to normalize fear and self-doubt. Right. And to not take it as a sign that we're an imposter, but that we're human. And to keep going regardless of that fear and self-doubt and just say yes. I love that. Keep going regardless of that fear and self-doubt. In fact, you also have mentioned... Um, how Ted Koppel changed your life, right? <laughs> yeah. That's going along with this example. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. You know, increasingly younger people don't know who Ted Koppel is. So he, yeah. <laughs> he had a show right. called Nightline, uh, which was a late night show you know, in between Johnny Carson and whoever was on the other, on the other side of that. But uh, mm -hmm. and he interviewed world leaders and scientists and dignitaries mm -hmm. and so on. It was, you know, a serious kind of news interview show. And I read this, 
um, interview where the question put to him, it was in a Newsweek article, was, do you ever feel like you don't know enough about the subject to ask the really tough questions? And he said, no, I don't worry about that. He said, I like to be as informed as possible, but I don't consider it a handicap when I know next to nothing. But mm. I to say, I figure I can pick up enough information in a short period of time to be able to bullshit my way with the best of them. Mm. Now, I remember speaking, I was speaking at Cornell University to this engineering department and this engineering professor raised his hand and he says, because um, I said for boys and men growing up, bullshitting and exaggerating is like a skill, right? The, the fish is this big, more happened in the with the girl that really did, right? Right. He right. said, not only is it a skill for boys growing up to be able to BS, but if you're really good, you're a bullshit artist. I was like, I know. Mm. And women, I think as a group, I'm generalizing, like we're not looking to be, nobody wants to be a bullshit artist, right? You think of right. that as like a used car salesperson. Right. But but the point that he went on to, you know, really when you think about it, he's not talking about lying, deceiving, cheating. And he said, I figure I can pick up enough information in a short period of time to bullshit my way with the best of them. So I always invite women to think about what is he really saying? How can we just change the language to something we can live with that's right. useful? I right. mean, better words would be winging it, improvising, see to your pants, hanging in there, being curious. Right. It's right. a very different way to, to look at it. It is a very different way. And I think it just sums up all of these great examples of just going for it. You don't have to know everything. Don't be paralyzed by your analysis. Just go for it. It's something that we should all try. And another quote that I just have to mention is the only way to stop feeling like an imposter is to stop thinking like one, right? And it's just bringing in all of these pieces that you've so beautifully stated today. Um, so on all of these incredible presentations, Valerie, I know you've um, spoken at a number of schools and, and, and in person, online. Is there a certain piece of clothing or accessory that really moves you when you put it on that's really important to you and that gives you confidence? You know, there's just there's a certain a specific pair of earrings that I got in Ecuador. It's more, I don't know about confidence, but I know when I get onto a plane, somebody is going to say, I love your earrings. Hmm. Like, Every single time. And they're not even expensive. They're just these green earrings. And I recently realized I left an entire jewelry case in a hotel. Oh. And I didn't realize it for like three months. I thought I'm just like, can't find these earrings. But I left the whole jewelry case somewhere. And, and it's it, they're gone forever. So I was able to order oh. here on, on Etsy. So I've got my my lucky earrings back again. When I, I did this uh, six-minute TED Talk at TED headquarters, and I did wear this like huge multi-diamond ring that my grandmother gave me which was she put to, put together a bunch of different diamonds from different things and made right. it into this cocktail ring I think they used to call it right so right that gave me confidence you know in front of this this audience of TED speakers having this big ring on wow yeah I, I can only imagine right the amount of confidence you want to make sure that you have so I love that it's it sounds beautiful I would love to meet that ring someday we never meet in person but Valerie, you have such valuable information. I love everything that you do. If someone wanted to continue the conversation with you and follow you, where's the best place for them to find you? Um, it's super easy. Fantastic. It's either impostorsyndrome.com. Okay. Uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Valerie Young, I guess it's that simple. And I think on Facebook, it's Dr. Valerie Young. And I think on Twitter, you see how plugged in I am. I think on Twitter, it's, it's just Valerie Young. Okay. 
Well, I will put all of the links in the show notes. Everybody can follow you as I have. I so um, love the work that you do. I love sharing it and being a part of it. And I'm so appreciative of your time today. Thank you for making the world a better place, Valerie. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. I can't tell you how excited I was to have Valerie as a guest on the show today. She's an incredibly brilliant individual, and I love what she shared with us. She has spoken all over the world, my friends, and the fact that she made time for us today still blows my mind. So here are the top three takeaways of my time with Valerie. Number one, feelings translate into behaviors which have costs to organizations. Therefore, if you lead, manage, mentor, train, or even parent other people, you need to understand imposter syndrome so that you can help yourself, your employees, and your family. Number two, imposter syndrome keeps us from achieving more, right? So who do you think you are to not go after what you want, right? There's a certain arrogance to imposter syndrome because we assume other people aren't smart enough to realize that we're an imposter. <laughs> so I love that she said that, but that's really how imposters think, right? And number three, normalize fear and self-doubt and don't take it as a sign that you're an imposter. But understand, understand that you are human and keep going regardless of the fear and the self-doubt. And today I have a bonus takeaway, my friends, because at the core, at the core of imposter syndrome, there's an unrealistic, unsustainable notion about what it means to be competent. No, that things don't have to be perfect. My friends, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to talk more with me about reframing what's on your mind from an imposter syndrome perspective, I've set up a link. It's in the show notes to set up a complimentary consultation. I would also encourage you to check out Valerie's links to her TED Talks and LinkedIn and her website. She has so much to offer, as you could tell from today's episode. And if you liked it and you think someone else would like to listen to it, please share it with them. Let them know how much you enjoyed it. And then give us a five-star review. We'd love to read them. My friends, have an incredible day and I'll see you next time. And that's our show. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a few friends right now to inspire other people and help them improve the quality of their lives. Again, if you enjoyed this, please subscribe and rate and review this show and share with me the part that you enjoyed the most about this episode. We love to read the reviews. We come out with a new episode every Thursday morning and you don't want to miss it. Until next time, I want to remind you that you matter, you are not alone, and to stay inspired by what you heard today. Thank you.